everyone, I'm Larissa Russell of Creative You, and I'm your host of the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here's where we talk about the connection between creativity and healing by interviewing amazing creatives, spectacular healers, and inspiring people who have used creativity in their healing. What does it mean to be creative? What is creativity? You don't have to write a best-selling book or paint a masterpiece or even play in a rock band. Creativity is in everything that we do, in the ways we think, in the way we run a business, in our everyday lives, we are creative all the time. Let's talk about how we are creative and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, right now on the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative You. Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Today I have with me Shanna Forrestal. Shanna is a multifaceted artist who's always been captivated by unique real life stories and lured by the power of fables and myths to teach life truths. She has been a professional in the film and TV industry since 2007 and is an established writer, actress, and producer. She is currently working with My Calm World on a series of bedtime stories for children, a meditation series, and is also in the process of finishing post-production on two short films that she wrote and starred in that are heading for film festivals this fall, hopefully, <laughs> with everything going on. Welcome, Shanna. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. So can you share some of your story and your path that's brought you here? Sure. Um, well, you know, I grew up in, in South Louisiana and uh, we were pretty poor. And so I learned creativity pretty quickly. One, because I think it was just naturally in me. But two, because when you're poor and you got nothing to do, mama kicks you out the house for the day, you go find something to do. And so we, you know, we always played pretend. Like I always lived in an imaginary world. We would go play in the trees and in the woods and, you know, tell our own stories out there. And I, it's funny because people ask me like, have you wanted to be an actress your whole life? And I'm like, no, no, I was doing everything. I was acting, producing, directing, writing. I was doing it all. And that's why I think even now I'm kind of this multifaceted person. I never just do one thing. Um, but what it all boils down to is that I'm a storyteller. I love story. And so even from being a little girl, I found that I just enjoyed going into the imagination and, and telling stories and fleshing out stories and trying on things. And it just kind of stuck with me and became kind of what I do for a living, what I do with my life. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So then what would you say healing with creativity means to you? You know, I'm... <sighs> I'm one of those people who's an absolute empath and I feel everything at the deepest levels. You know, um, I have friends who just laugh at me. They're like, you are the spectrum of emotion. And I am, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I also need a way to process it. And so for me, I think even at a, as a child, I used to use art forms and creativity to kind of process and figure out what I was feeling. And then as I got older and learned coping mechanisms and learned uh, maturity and communication is like not only what I was feeling, but what could I do about it? And then when I got into therapy, like, oh, I can only control me. What can I do about it? Oh, I need to communicate my needs to the people who love me. How do I communicate that? And creativity has always been a way for me to do that. It's by creative writing, writing a song, writing a story. It's like writing something, acting out something, you know, taking on a script and jumping into someone else's story for a minute and using my own pain or journey, um, all of those things have, have been part of my journey to help keep me a happy and sane and, uh, a, you know, stable person, uh, which I'm working on every day. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we right? all? <laughs> Continuous journey. 
that's, that's exactly it. You don't want to get to the end because, you know, if there's nothing left, why are you here? So what are we do. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think then that there's a driving force that inspires you? Yes. Um, you know, I, I've been through a lot of trauma in my life and a lot of abuse. Uh, the first sexual assault I remember is I think I was around age five. And so at a very young age, things were broken in me because of people mishandling me. And then, you know, there were other incidents happening along the way. And then I ended up in abusive marriage because of the situations, you know, and I just made bad choices. And, and all of a sudden I found myself this 30 something year old woman. And I was like, what is what is happening right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why, why do I keep finding myself in these situations where I'm not being treated well? And I realized that the core of the problem was that I never learned to love myself and I never learned proper boundaries. And once I started to learn that, then all of those things stopped or at least were minimized and I was able to move forward. Um, I think my driving force is just knowing that when you've gone through the kinds of things that I've gone through, um, you don't get through it alone and you don't get through it without support. I've had in my lifetime an amazing array of creative healers, emotional healers, energy healers, physical healers, like all these people that I've worked with along the way as I felt I needed it that have helped me in my journey to get where I am. And I think you know, that's my driving force is that at some point, somebody will benefit from the things that I've been through and the stories that I've lived and that it's not a waste, you know, that all the things that I've had to suffer and then all the things that I've overcome, that they just don't get washed away, that somebody else can learn from it. Somebody else can be encouraged or, or just even sometimes it's just about hanging on that one more day, that one more hour. How many times have I sat there and thought, I just don't know how to get through this hour or this minute, this one minute, I don't know how to get through this minute. And somebody else's creativity or love would get me through that. So that's what I hope with the things that I create is that somehow I can inspire someone else and just help them to keep going, help them to find hope when they feel hopeless and help them to find joy when they're in the dark space. Oh, I love that. And what a beautiful reason, what a beautiful uh, inspiration for your own life, right? And a way of looking at what you've been through. Because when you've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of people get caught in that. And we all get caught in it for a yeah. while, right? Yeah. And learning to move through that and then recognizing that you can use that as a strength and, and to help other people. And life is painful. You know, I don't, ever, I don't ever sit around and go, oh, poor me, poor me. Because, you know, I have certain traumas and pains that I've lived through, but everybody gets hurt. Everybody loses people. Not everybody gets raped, but everybody gets hurt. Right. And it's either with a betrayal, a heartbreak, the loss of someone you care about. Life is painful. That is the bottom line. And all of us have suffered and will suffer. So the more I think we can work on ways to heal ourselves, ways to educate ourselves about how can we support one another? How can we support ourselves? Those things are never a waste of time because life is never going to be perfect. And we're always going to get, you know, bit by the bumblebee. So we need to keep working on that salve because we want to get well, we want to keep moving. And that's, I don't know, I just think it's never a waste of time to do the things in the work that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, I love that analogy that bit by the bumblebee and the salve is our, <laughs> you know, our <laughs> I do. I love that. So you've talked about a few of your, or a past pain, but how would you say that a past pain has informed your life purpose? Hmm. I think, you know, because it was a series of them and they were different, you know, I, I honestly, if you name some kind of abuse, I've probably experienced it, emotional, physical, religious, mental, 
you know, all of it. Um, so it's not like one incident, you know, some people have one driving incident and it changes everything. For me, it was like a pattern of things happening. And I finally, when I finally figured out how to get out of it, because I realized that I was not causing it, but facilitating it. Once I had become a woman, I was still facilitating a pattern. And so when I began to work on myself and I realized that, you know, it really went back to a lack of self-love and it really went back to a lack of boundaries and a lack of self-care and, you know, all this horrible criticism that I, that I did to myself, when I realized I had a choice, I was like, oh my goodness, then I need to make that choice. And what are things that I can do for myself or assets I can create for other people to challenge them to take better care of themselves? And so a lot of my short films have been on, you know, things about traumatic stories, people overcoming trauma, which way, and sometimes they go the right way, sometimes they don't. You know, my children's stories are things that I wish I had heard as a child. You know, the songs I'm writing right now are emotional journeys that I am, have or am experiencing. And I want to take people on that journey and lead them towards, you know, again, resolutions, not telling them how to feel, but helping them to process the feelings so they can get to their point. So, you know, I just feel like everything that has happened to me, it has all merged together to kind of put me in the place that I am. And I'm, I'm excited because as a woman who's pushing 50. I'm 48 now. Um, I feel like I'm at a place where I've earned my voice and I've, and I've learned enough that I have a right to speak on these topics and hopefully speak intelligently and hopefully help other people. So yeah, it's all, it's all just been part of the journey, you know, which is good. It's not a waste. Yay. (laughs) Something good is coming out of all this. And that's something we need to remind ourselves too, when we're, when we're going through these hard times is that, you know, how we can, you know, it's not a waste, maybe afterward, maybe not during, you can't recognize that, but definitely afterwards to recognize that these things make you who you are, right? And give you these skills and strengths. And honestly, when I look back, some of the hardest things I've been through, some of the biggest betrayals, you know, some of the hardest things I've been through where I had days or months where I literally didn't know if I was going to make it. You know, I've had two times in my life where I was suffering with, you know, suicidal ideation for a while. I just wanted to die. It wasn't, I just, it wasn't that I wanted to kill myself. It was that I didn't know how to live and I didn't want to live. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would suffer with that for a while. But when I've come out of those things and I look back, I was never, you know, you don't celebrate the, the trauma or the thing that happened, but, but the growth from those things can be incredible. You know, and right now I'm in a new season of just dealing with the loss of my husband recently. And I, what I hold on to every day is looking back at the other things that I've survived and how they changed me and how I like who I am so much better now because I've dug into that and taken the lessons and taken the, the love that's come to me and the knowledge that's come to me. And I'm pushing 50, but I'm a woman that I like. You know what I mean? And I'm not perfect every day. I'm working on stuff and I'm trying to be kinder to myself and it's like a constant growth pattern. But at the same time, I like myself so much more than a decade ago and so much more than two decades ago. And that that's something that I'm proud of, you know, because I feel like I am moving more towards that. And hopefully my work is going to help other people move towards their um, their satisfaction with life. What else are we going to get out of this? You know, you have to get something out of the journey um, along the way. And for me, that's knowledge and joy and love in spite of, 
you know, and that's what I'm always working for. In spite of, I want to be kind today. In spite of, I want to find joy and bliss in moments and notice the little things that, uh, uh, that are around me. You know, I don't want to miss the sunset. I don't want to miss the flowers that I went to see yesterday. I want to, I want to see them, smell them, feel them. And I don't want to miss that because of something bad that's happening because they are gifts and they literally are all around us. And it's sometimes I know in my experience in the darkest, darkest moments, it's when you see that little beauty and it is so beautiful. Now, I remember crying once in front of all my friends took me on a trip after this horrible thing that happened to me. And we went to this, um, this where you go see sea creatures like a marine thing up in Monterey and I remember standing by myself in front of the um the jellyfish tank and just crying and crying and crying because they were so beautiful because all I could think was that's all I need to do is just breathe just breathe and I watched them breathe and how beautiful that was and I thought maybe I'm that beautiful if I could just keep breathing right now and so it's those little moments of, of joy and love and bliss and beauty that come to us in the dark spaces that I don't want to miss. I just don't want to miss. That's it's part of our life journey. It's part of what this is all about, I think. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful message for people who are struggling, right? People who are struggling through things and, and just remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. And yeah. And get through that. One of my short films is called Breed. It's eight and a half minutes. There's no words in it. And it's just about, it's about a woman recovering after the loss of a child. And it's, it's just about that mo those moments that you have to make choices to carry on, you know, and it's called Breed. And I wrote it after that experience. <laughs> so, uh, it, and I, I never lost a child. It's an allegory. It's a, it's a symbolic movie, but I think anyone can relate to it because there's moments where that's all you have to do, but it feels like the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've absolutely been there. I understand that. <laughs> right. Oh dear. So what would you say then is your favorite creative healing modality for yourself? You know, that's really hard because I love all of them. I am such a colorful person and these new things that I've delved into in the last couple of years are really exciting to me. But um, I guess right now it would be, oh, it's hard. Because my children's stories, like when I do the children's stories, I just, when we go in the studio sometimes, I just start weeping because it's like the things I've always wanted to, the things my little child needed to hear that never heard. And so sometimes it's so emotional for me to, to get through them or to hear them. And, um, but I've also been writing songs. Like after this last loss of my husband, I've written five songs for the first time in my life. I've written real songs and my friends are about to record four of them. Um, on their next album. And it's like, it's something I've wanted to do since I was a little girl, but I never did it. I never knew how to do it. But all of a sudden I have this ability and I'm writing these songs that are important to me. And so that's kind of beautiful right now. And hearing my friends take it and put music to it and sing it and like love it as much as I did is, is really, it's been really fulfilling. So I, I don't know, it's hard for me to pick because I also love film, you know? <laughs> and that's fair. Just having the creative outlets that you do to, you know, work through the different things. I, I totally understand why you can't choose one. I, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say is your greatest accomplishment to date? Oh boy. Honestly, still being here. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, it's just like, there's been so many times where I just sat there and went, I don't want to do this. 
I feel like there's something inside of me that just doesn't understand the world. I don't, it's like, I don't know if it's a child part of me that hasn't grown up yet or something, but there's something inside of me that just looks at the world and goes, why is it so mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it so cruel? And I don't, I don't understand it. And so the fact that I'm still here and I'm almost 50 and I, you know, have found joy and hope even through all of the stuff that I've had to walk through, I think that is it. It's not like one project because those projects are what got me here. But I think the greatest accomplishment is just that I'm here and I actually like myself. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> big accomplishment. That's right? a big one. <laughs> it is in this world today to be, you know, get to a certain age or at any point in your life to, to reach that point where you like yourself. Yeah. So many women struggle with that, right? And so yes. that's a huge accomplishment. That's a huge accomplishment. It's, it's taken this long, you know, but it's, it's so worth it. And it's such a continuous thing. But, and I think that's, you know, one thing I'm really grateful for is people around me. I was talking to my best friend last night. And she really just always puts things in perspective for me. And I, after I got off the phone with her, I texted her. I said, thank you for reminding me how lovable I am. You know, and it's like sometimes we need to make sure that we put people around us or, you know, creative things around us that remind us how lovable we are, that it is about the journey. It's not about the completion. It's not, you know, when I lose five more pounds, it's not when I finish that book. It's not when I, you know, get this significant other or make a certain amount of money. It's not at a further point where I become lovable. That happened when I came into existence. And we forget that. We forget that we have intrinsic value and purpose, you know, and we need to be reminded because everything, it feels like everything in society sometimes will pull against that and tell us, oh, you're not this, you're not that. But it's like, I don't need to be any of that. I am me and that is enough. And we need to get that. We need to grab that inside of our soul and surround ourselves with people who remind us on the days that we find it hard to tell ourselves. And, and that is so important. I talk about that a lot in the work I do is surrounding yourself with people who, who, um, find that value in you sometimes even when you can't, right? And, and really being yes. conscious of who you have in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if you could change one aspect of our society through your work, what would it be? It sounds like you do a lot already. So I'm interested oh, to hear what your answer you know, would be. <laughs> I think it all goes back to empathy. And that's something I harp on a lot because I think we don't really sometimes put ourselves into other people's shoes. And that's what I love about creative outlets is that, you know, when I watch a movie about someone with cancer, I've never had cancer, but by watching that movie, I can relate as much as possible, feel their pain, see that struggle. I've never been a veteran, but I can read their stories and try to relate, right? Whereas someone can hear my story of sexual assault and try to relate. And so it's like, it, empathy is so much easier when we make it up when we were more strategic about it. You know, if we look at like things that are happening in our country right now with COVID, with Black Lives Matter, all of those things, what we need to start with is empathy, mm -hmm. right? I am not a black male in America, but that does, that does not mean that I cannot try to understand, seek to understand and seek to support. You know, I have a project right, what I'm working on right now called A Cry for Help, and it's a film project that I'm doing with my best friend, who is a 6'3", 250-pound black male who gets pulled over all the time for nothing. And I have to worry every day that something's going to happen to him, even though he has never once broken the law. Mm -hmm. And I have to worry because he lives in the South, and it's, it's, it's just not a good climate, and he just happens to be a black male who's big, right? 
So we're working on this project together, but it's like, I don't have to be in his position to, um, to become an ally. Once we, once we target empathy and love, then we can learn how to be an advocate and an ally. And it's crucial that we do that. It's crucial that we don't just tell our own stories or hear our own stories um, or look for our own solutions. We as a community have to reach out and love each other and help each other. You know, women's rights are everyone's rights. The LGBTQ rights are everyone's rights. There, we should be fighting for everyone for love, care, compassion for everyone. And I think that's my biggest problem with society is that sometimes we just don't have empathy. We don't take the time to stop and listen and shut our mouths and learn from someone else's experience. And that's what I think we need because, you know, a lot of times, again, we don't, we don't know if we haven't lived it, we don't know. I've heard so many people say, I don't, I don't have, I don't know what white privilege is. I don't have it. Honey, you have it, whether you realize it or not. I have it. I grew up poor, but I still had white privilege, you know, and so I'm trying to become more aware of what that means and how that has affected me and how, how it's affected people around me and what I can do with it. What, how can I utilize it? How can I help it? You know, it's like, we just have to be constantly learning and listening. And I think that's the one thing that I would change, especially right now. Everybody wants to talk. Nobody wants to listen. Yeah. And we need to and listen. So true. So true. Um, I, and I love that answer. I, I just don't even know what to add to it because it, I just love that answer. And it's so important to be able to have that understanding. And, uh, you know, you, I start a, a lot of those difficult conversations with people because it's like, you don't have to live that to be able to have the empathy, right. And to not appreciate it's not the right word, but to understand maybe what they're going through. And, you know, just being aware is such an important part and not living in your own little bubble and thinking that everything's fine because it's not fine. It might be fine for you, but it's not fine. Everything's not fine. And there, and there may be some little things we can do. And that's the thing is like, it can get overwhelming for me sometimes when I think about, cause I, I consider myself an advocate and an ally. I worked with all, I work with a lot of different people groups. I work with autistic young people. I work with all these things and these issues all the time. And sometimes it can get a little overwhelming, but then I just like reel it back and I go, okay, Shannon, there's probably some little things that you can do today right? When I go to the grocery store, there's probably something I can do to show love and kindness. So we don't have to get caught up in every movement. You can pick the ones that are the most important to you and work those, but it's about awareness. You know, it's about awareness and just being kind to yourself, I think is the starting point because then that extends to help you be kind to other people. I think sometimes when we're judgmental and we're unempathetic, it's because we're actually being that way to ourselves. I know I was. I was my worst critic. I was the meanest to me than anybody in my life. And I've had some terrible things done to me, but I was meaner to me than anyone else because I didn't love myself. Right. So I think really pushing this, this thing of self-love and self-care is hugely important because until we understand our own value, we can't even begin to understand others and, and, and why they matter because we don't even think we matter. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes this, extra judgment, criticism, racism. I think a lot of these things spring from that, from that not really loving ourselves and valuing ourselves. So then it makes it hard to do that for other people too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just love the way that you have voiced that it, um, because it is so true. Right. And, 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 and the women that I work with, it, that's a big component is that learning to love yourself, learning to value yourself. Right. So many women don't, value themselves and it has to do with our culture and what we go through as we're you know 
women in the world, but it, it, we can make change, right? We can make change in that. And, yes. and yeah, by learning to love ourselves, we learn to love others. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what would, what inspirational advice would you give to someone who's struggling? I mean, I feel like you've given a lot already. I just love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think if we sum it up, I think if we sum it up, it would be to breathe through the, breathe through the moments, you know? And by that, I mean to be still and breathe. You know, sometimes we're breathing because it's natural. But when, you, when you're in a crisis situation, you have to actually think about breathing. You start to appreciate it. You know, I started doing hot yoga like a year and a half ago, and I thought I was going to hate it. And I just fell in love with it because there's nothing else that will force my mind to be present than to be in a room that's hot as Hades and be trying to do, you know, upside down stuff. It forces me. There is no thinking about the groceries. There is no worrying about what's happening next week. I mean, when sweat is just like rolling out of your body and you're upside down trying to, you know, not fall over, you are present. And what I love about it is, I needed to be present. My mind can be all over the place. It's full of butterflies. My meditations are called <laughs> butterfly kisses for the mind because I'm like, that's what I feel like. I feel like it's butterflies all the time and I have to center that stuff. But I would say, you know, find your, find your peace, find your breath, find your moments to really come back to yourself, to be still and to listen because that's where it all starts. We can go out and about and run around and listen to this and do that and sing that. And but it's literally, it has to come back to you. It has to come back to your own heart, your own present, right? And your own truth. The, the real truth is that we are here and we are lovable and we are valuable and that everything we have, I mean, everything we need, we have. Not everything we want, but everything we need, we have in the moment. And for me, that's what I constantly struggle with because my anxieties are way out there. But when I reel it back in, I'm like, in this moment, Shanna, what's happening? I'm okay. Right? I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's interesting because uh, I, I run a meditation and journaling class in the mornings. Um, and one of the conversations we've been having this week, we kind of pick a theme for the week and we've been talking about being in stillness and, and being aware of our own breath and you know sitting in that and and seeing what comes to us and so it's, and been it's difficult yeah it's, it's amazing how difficult. difficult it is just to do that <laughs> so we do it in short spurts right just to practice and then as you do it more and more it definitely absolutely that. but yeah it's so important yeah so would you say you have an inspirational quote that sums up your life journey I love quotes and I, you know, I'm always using them, but I think for me, it's more just like a hashtag or just a, a short phrase that I use a lot. It just says love more. Mm. I think it all goes back to love. You know, I even had it painted on a leather jacket. I had, there's this artist in LA and she hand paints, you know, uh, faux leather jackets and it's beautiful. And she just painted it on the back for me. And I love wearing that because I think that's what it comes back to is just more love, more love for ourselves, more love for others, more love for the process, more love for the journey, more love for the results, you know, and then all of that leads to the good stuff, gratitude, change, all of those things. But yeah, just in any given moment, if we could add a little more love, it helps. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I love the idea of wearing that, of wearing right? that statement and just reminding people on a regular basis 
Reminding myself starts at home, you know, it starts with us, each one of us. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that you'd like to add that we maybe haven't discussed today that you want to tell our listeners? Um, well, I mean, I'd love for them to check out some of the stuff I've been working on. I'm really proud of my children's stories. They're, you know, like I said, the things that I've wanted to tell myself. And I know that I, I work with, a, I mentor a, quite a few young people that are on the autism spectrum and work with parents who have autistic young people. And I, the album was supposed to come out, but it was going to take a little longer. But then when COVID hit, we started pushing things out as fast as we could. And we're about to go to the studio and do more because I know that parents are in such a wild place with COVID. They have children at home. A lot of parents with special needs kids are not getting the support they should have. Um, And so, you know, those are readily available. They're on all the digital outlets. Um, what the first one was called seeing yourself to sleep. It's one of my favorites, but then there's a lot more. There's short form, there's long form. Most of them are all originals that I've written and they're just created to kind of soothe and teach, but to help put children into a restful state. And I work with Jeff Gold of Jeff Gold Music and with Mike Calm World. And it's, it's custom, original, peaceful music written by this man who's, who's very, very talented. And his music has been shown to help children on the spectrum as well as normal kids, but like it's beautiful music. And it's, it's just a way to soothe yourself. And honestly, I have adults who use them. I have friends who use them to go to sleep because <laughs> there's so much anxiety in the world right now that like, who doesn't need some help, right? Absolutely. I'll even do it. You know, if I'm trying to calm myself down, I'll listen to Sing Yourself to Sleep because it's just peaceful and soothing. So yeah, those are out there. If you go to My Calm World, all the links are there to all the different stories and we're going to keep rolling them out every couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, just it's an asset and it's free. If people want to listen to it on YouTube or whatever, it's free. If you want to buy it, it's like 99 cents on iTunes or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that's something I'm really proud of. And I hope that people will take advantage of because I, I just know that when we as adults walk in anxiety, we translate that anxiety to our young people. They're not, they're not crazy. They sense it. Mm-hmm. We carry it and we're not in our peace. We bring that to our household. Our spouses are affected. Our children are affected. Our pets are affected. You know, this morning I got upset and right away my cat came out and he's like, ma, you know, they know, everybody knows when mom's off, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> There, the more we can do to like keep ourselves centered and to help our families and the people that we love stay centered and at peace, the better. So yeah, I hope people will take advantage of those assets. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that we add a link too, so that they know where to find them. So awesome. I just want to thank you so much for being here. It has been just an absolute joy to uh, listen to you talk. And I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, to our listeners, we will see you again next week. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you. Are you a daily journaler? Do you want more creativity in your day? We have two great creativity journals to start your day with. One for people who already have a journaling practice and one for people who are new to journaling. Both are an amazing way to start your day. Both make the perfect gift for a person in your life. Check out Have an Amazingly Creative Day and How Do I Have an Amazingly Creative Day? Both currently available on Amazon. Click the link below to purchase yours now.